Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am committed to the growth of my empathy and compassion. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. If Jane coughs into the microphone... Or sneezes or has to blow my nose... <laughs> She's allowed because it's now her turn to process emotions because it was mine the other month. <laughs> Getting all this shit out. Clearing out my pipes as that wonderful, what's his name? Don. Oh, no, I've forgotten his name. Don. That gorgeous Don Juan man. Miguel. No, 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 no. He's just been in Adelaide giving a talk. Oh. He talks about how our whole bodies are all tubes oh. and how you get that stuff out of your tubes. He talks about, he's amazing. I'm going to find his name and put it on our Facebook page because... He talks about why we shouldn't be wearing bras because we're blocking the tubes. Yeah, and the underwire uh, messes yes. with the meridians. I heard yes. that too. Yes, oh, he's fabulous. Yes. This guy's gorgeous. He's a, a, I think he's like from Texas or somewhere. He's got the big cowboy hat. Right. And he talks such cool stuff. So I'll get his name and we'll put it on the page so you can watch some of his YouTube clips. Well, anyway, so I'm segue. releasing from my tubes stuff. Jane's <laughs> tubes have been a bit blocked lately. But, you know, we walk the walk and talk the talk here on yeah, our we're, show. Yeah, we're... we're, we're People that are like you guys, we're just working through our stuff and continue to grow and continue to evolve and continue to own our stuff and heal it and fix it and peel off another layer of the onion and none of us are perfect. We just keep living our lives and mm, growing the best we can. We're all doing our homework, aren't yeah. we? But today we're going to talk about quite an intense and fascinating topic, um, which is obviously narcissism. Well, it's not obvious. Couldn't well, tell from my, my affirmation. No, but you can from the heading, which is understanding narcissism. <laughs> True. But, yeah, so, all right. Narcissism, if you're actually asking yourself, what do you actually mean by that? I mean, we can tell you straight up, you've actually probably met many of them. Mm. Jane actually told me earlier that she thinks she is one. <laughs> I don't think that's entirely true. I'll get into my story in a minute, yeah. but yeah, no, she there is some truth in it. Means. I'm mm. going to touch a little bit on psychopaths and sociopaths, which might sound extreme. There's only 1% of the population that are psychopathic. It doesn't necessarily mean that they kill people. Lots of people know psychopaths. Lots of them are in high levels of uh, government, management, politics, careers, corporate, corporate world. Um, but there are a lot of similarities between the psychopath and the narcissist, believe it or not. But I'm going to hand over to Jane because Jane was the person who first taught me about narcissism in the sense that it's a word that she'd been comfortably using for many years. Um, it actually described many of the people who, who've bullied me in the corporate world. Like, you know, once pe people sort of explain to you, you go, oh, yeah, I do know what that means. I do know people like that. So I'm going to pass over to Jane to maybe start off today's episode just with a bit of backstory and a bit of... Um, all right. Yeah, well, well, first off, context. as you know, we don't pretend to be medical doctors here at all. However, so I want to start with the clinical definition of what a narcissist is. So narcissistic personality disorder is a disorder in which a person is excessively preoccupied with personal adequacy, power, prestige and vanity, mentally unable to see the destructive damage that they're causing to themselves or others. So that's the clinical definition. And I want to very much up front be very clear that I'm just giving my take as an empath on what I think narcissism is, where it comes from, how you get it, how you get rid of it, mm. how you deal with it if mm. you've got to deal with it in another. So my observations of people that have narcissistic traits or have this disorder is that they are emotionally shut down. 
So there's a lot of ways that you can get to that. You can be born like it. Or you can be, which is actually, I don't think you can ever actually be born like it. I don't think you sign up a salt contract to say I'm going to be a full-blown narcissist. Actually, of course you you can. Of course you can. But but psychopaths are born with it because it's actually a genetic um, thing. So, but narcissists, all right. Okay, yeah, I can buy that. There's a scientific argument that that goes, can you become a psychopath if you're trained, like emotionally shut down and brainwashed? No, the answer is no, you cannot. Okay, clinically, obviously you can't. However, I'm going to say, yes, you can. I'm going to, you know, but there's so much in the medical world that just because they say it's not possible, genetically, I'm going to go, fuck you, it so is. But I've I've heard from, I've heard from a psychopath who says it's not possible. You either are or you aren't. You're listening to a psychopath for emotional depth. No, but I have have research. (laughs) If anyone is really interested in this, because there are people out there who've had psychopaths as parents and things like that. There is an amazing blog called Psychopathic Writings, and it's written by an American psychopath. He has been jailed for, for rape and murder years God, ago. God, Beck, you read interesting things. Well, yeah, I have to know this stuff because when you work so much with emotions, does yeah, it not you fascinate do. you to, to realise there's people out there that have none? Because that is essentially what a psychopath is, is somebody who has absolutely no concept of what emotion, like strong emotions feel like. They exactly. Don't, they don't know what disgust, repulsion, fear, suffering, anxiety, insecurity. They don't know what any of those emotions are. They have they can actually love people they can feel mild empathy but it's actually more like sort of sympathy um and they understand contempt very well but that's about as far as they go okay what i want to say here too is that there's a massive sliding scale so in some of these stories we're going to be talking about the absolute extreme clinical that's it yes but then there are people that have narcissistic traits. Tendencies, that's right. right? Who, who is, which is more what we'll be focusing because on Because that's the people that yes. most of us are coming into contact yeah. with. They, they are not your full-blown, I'm it, I've been this from the day I was born. That's right. All but right? Just, just to finish off on that, and then I'll let Jane do narcissism. This psychopathic writings guy, he is interesting because he's, and he's been, as I said, incarcerated, and he used some of that time to really self-diagnose, work with a lot of doctors and psychologists and specialists to un- better understand his own condition, read a lot about it, and do a lot of what we'd call self-work in his own way. He says he has no no desire whatsoever anymore to kill anyone or do anything like that. So he's, in a sense, he's come into some of his own remission. Wow. But as much as one can when one is genetically predisposed like that, he is a psychopath. He is lacking these things. There's nothing that you can do to make a psychopath feel what they don't feel. They just have no no concept. Yep. But anyway, there's information like that out there. There's amazing blogs out there by, for example, women who love psychopaths, women who get really ob- obsessed with those sorts of partners that mistreat them. Um, and there's lots of other help available on that end of the spectrum but like we said it's only one in a hundred people that are a full-blown psychopath and when we say psychopath they're not, actually quite high isn't it they're not murdering they're, they're they're usually like i sort of touched on earlier the top ranks of you look around you you'll find politicians reverends you'll find heads ceos of companies you know anyone who's because they can make the tough decisions because they are obsessed with power they're obsessed with superiority they're obsessed with rankings and hierarchies they are very very cool under pressure because they don't have emotions that get upset so they always seem cool calm and collected they're highly highly charismatic they're often highly highly social they're highly highly articulate and brilliant so people love them they often have heaps of friends and and contacts and and uh lots of people actually would if they had to give testimonials would say yeah that's a fabulous guy he runs the whole community we all look up to him he's got everything going on so they're they're a wily bunch but but never forget with a psychopath their ultimate aim is life is a game seek and destroy and even if they're just doing it through mind games they are the most insidious toxic sort that are that you can possibly imagine they're all about damaging people mentally emotionally and physically forever 
So that's the psychopath. Let's bring it back to the narcissist. That was good. That was good, Becca. I enjoyed that. Because mm, <laughs> my mind's going, oh, yes, yes, that one, that one, that one, that one. Uh, okay, so narcissism is more where there's a, a shutting down of emotions. So they have got emotions. They do understand emotions. They're human. They are much more human it's than a, a psychopath. Thing to say, but yes. And they've deliberately, for whatever reason, whether it's been subconsciously or consciously, they've shut down their emotions. And so it's, it's quite common in men that have grown up. In fact, the narcissist will often... Oh, there's, there can be a group that are actually highly sensitive and they're often masculine because they've been told to toughen up, take the bucket of cement, stop showing your emotions. And so they learn to completely shut down emotions and they've had to for survival because they're being brought up to be one way and it's the only way they can do it is to shut the emotions because the emotions are self-sabotaging them being the person that they believe they're meant to be. So enter the narcissist that is created, not born but created. And so this is where that person will have an inner child that has absolutely been buried in 20 tonnes of concrete and never to surface. So it can also be a survival to move into narcissism when you've had extreme bullying in your life, where you have been continually made to feel worthless. You start out as the victim and end up being the perpetrator. Yes, that's right. And it works. That's the thing is that narcissism actually works. I mean, that's how, from what I understand, Saddam Hussein ended up, you know, when you hear about some of these men's highly abusive childhoods, you can kind of understand how they they get there. Monsters. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, Show me the childhood and I'll show you the adult. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And so a narcissist will tolerate you. However, really, they are rejecting you. They try to stay in tolerance, but as we've spoken in other podcasts, you can only stay in tolerance for a short period of time. You either accept or reject. And so the narcissist will show their true colours by ultimately rejecting you in some way, shape or form. They will play mind games, but they don't tend to... The mind games that they play are not as anywhere near as intricate as the psychopath they'll be much more simpler in that they really are just superior and you are inferior and yeah, that is it. I disagree. Having been bullied by narcissists, you know, professionally in the corporate world, I mean, they can be highly expertly manipulative. Oh, very. I mean, they, very. they've got it down to such an art, it's untraceable, but they it's don't... untrackable, you can't even complain about it because nobody will believe you. They know, it's almost like the way that pedophiles groom the child for years before they even touch them. It's like they have this insidious way of getting in that's quite calculated. I think I think there's a couple of levels, or there is always a couple of levels of narcissism. So there is the person who is massively a victim inside and nobody's going to get one over them. And their inner life is so rich with compiling ways to get back at somebody, to bury somebody. And that's who you're talking about. These are the people that are really inner children are running the show. It's the child that's going to be, it's the narcissistic child that is in corporate that goes home and spends a month plotting your downfall. Yeah. And it is so intricate. You're right. There's exactly. There's people in relationships like that too, though, like that you always, there's definitely stories of it as well. 
And sometimes they, they've got multiples going or, you know, they're, they're doing this to a number of people at once. It's not just all their energies on you. They actually have enough energy to dole this out to a bunch of people at the same time. Yeah, it's absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a default mechanism of, you know, I'm going to get you before you get me. Yeah, survivalism through absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they don't trust anybody. Nobody is, trust, nobody is trusted at all. They tolerate. They, um, they are so superior and it is a genuine belief that they are completely better than you. And interestingly, I know with psychopaths, and it may be slightly similar with narcissists, psychopaths do not do very well when coming in contact with other psychopaths. They don't like each other. They stay oh, Because they become competitive. They, because... they can't handle it. They, they, they don't interact with each other. They leave each other alone. It's really interesting. So I'm, I'm sure narcissists must be a little bit similar. They'd be exactly the same. Yeah. And do they also cherish um, isolation? And like They don't know what lonely means. They're, they're kind of lonely. No, they're, they're busy, busy, busy with revenge. <laughs> but they're happy to be by themselves in a sense. They don't... They don't... Well, there's no one near them who's really that intimate... No, that's right. Exactly. No, they don't. No. It's all that busyness of um, they'll tell themselves they're good people. Often narcissists can be very generous, but there'll be a catch to it. There'll be a reason for it. And it'll be because how I wish to be perceived yeah. or, you know, th- there will be something going on there. That Part there's of the a... larger game, the front, the identity, the yes. facade. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, see, I've got three in my mind that I know incredibly well that I'm mm. swinging between as I'm answering your questions. Fascinating. Um, and they're all different. The three are all very different. So, however, all three have the same thing in common that they have. They actually have the most beautiful side to them that is absolutely gorgeous and so lovely. But you've got to really, really earn the right to see it. And there's very few people they'll show it to. So they do have yeah. emotions. They, they, do, they do have emotions. They do have a good side to them. They just don't operate from that place because it's too painful. And, you know, it's interesting this this psychopath guy on his website says, well, you know, if psychopathy was actually such a terrible thing, it would have died out evolutionarily by now. But he says the thing is because psychopaths, on the, on the, you talk about light side and shadow side, on the flip side, on the light side, they do handle power so well, they do often make things happen or lead companies yeah. or, or, you know, strive forth in the army or, like you know, like the leadership type type role, like the warriors. Like they actually do cut through and because they're so into often mathematics, science, logic, reasoning and philosophy, they're able to have that totally clear logic, which, yes, sometimes what they call neurotypical, was meaning us they're all just big emotional bags of mess of emotions. Like it, it is harder for us sometimes to see the wood for the trees when well, yeah, and there's, there's so that emotions. joke, you know, that if, if the world was being run by HSPs, nothing would happen nothing would get done yeah. nothing would get done but yeah. that's why it's so important that with my work with highly sensitive people is that you do the self-love because the self-love is actually what gives you the power yeah. to actually be doing and standing next to a psychopath and saying hang on a tick I can see a much bigger picture than you yeah. can and to, to stay true to your convictions that you're right even in amongst all these different emotions or... so as we get sensitivity becoming embraced within western society combined with self-worth you just might find that the psychopath actually does get bred out. Yeah. Who knows? You may find find that. It's fascinating. Um, So narcissism, I was laughing at this because my beautiful dad has narcissistic tendencies. Now, I've actually watched that actually soften as he's gotten, become older. Yeah. And look, I feel really sad saying that because a lot of people go, oh, she's got a foul father. And that's not true at all. I've got a beautiful dad. However... 
there are emo- he's very he doesn't deliver on the emotions very often it's so rare um, it is very shut down he does have a superiority thing about him I inherited all of that and that's why it was interesting when you went genetic I went doo doo so I've got the genes for highly sensitive and I've got the genes for narcissism how fascinating is that fascinating combination fascinating I'm joining dots here as you're sharing this with me so before when we decided to do this podcast I said I want to jump up online and have a look at narcissism and there was this six signs that you're a narcissist and I'm flipping through it and I'm saying to Beck I'm a narcissist. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> and I'm like, look at that. No, you're not, Jane. What are you talking about? You too. I said, you do emotions for a living. What do you yeah. mean? And Jane's like, no, I am. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I am. How funny is this? So I've got something to say about this, about labels and about percentages and about moments of. So usually when clinically you are diagnosed as something, it normally means because you've been in that particular behaviour for a consistent long period of time. So does that mean that, you know, can you know what it feels like to be depressed? Yes. Does that mean you're depressed? It means you're depressed perhaps in this moment, but you're not clinically depressed because you have not been depressed continually for a long, long period of time. Does it mean that everybody can identify with narcissism? I actually hope so. Everybody should be able to identify with everything at a given moment. Are you staying within that energy long-term consistently no, then you're not clinically a narcissist. Right. So what I can share is that I absolutely have narcissistic tendencies. I've been in full-blown narcissism. I've been in full-blown HSP. And now as I get older and I'm learning and growing more, I'm blending and I can see when I'm in what. So this six-point test is... um, (coughs) Excuse me. Okay. Unilateral listening. So... What I want and what I have to say are all that matters when we talk together. When we make decisions, what you want, your concerns, your feelings, these are more whispers, inconveniences and irrelevant. So when we discuss issues, my opinions are right, yours are wrong or else of minimal importance. If you expect to have input, you're undermining me. It's pretty strong, isn't it? That's the first point of how to identify a narcissist. Okay, so basically they're not really interested in your opinion, they're not interested in your your thoughts, they actually really don't even want to hear what you've got to say and they'll often talk over the top of you. If you see a diagram, and I saw this on the Psychopath website but it's quite similar, it's like imagine a circle and the, the psychopath or the narcissist is in the middle and that's their whole frame of reference is that, that their whole universe is like they're in this bubble and you are this tiny little planet, you know, oscillating on the outside of that somewhere. Your point of significance is next to nothing. That's it. You're completely insignificant. They care minus five. What yeah. you think, do or say. Yeah. They really don't yeah. care in any part of their body. They can't even feel it. Yeah. So I was reading that and I've gone, well, there are times that I'm like that, that I actually have no interest in the other person's opinion. I know what I'm doing and that's it. I'm laughing. I know she's laughing. But I'm also like, we both use ourselves as guinea pigs in this. We're raw, we're real. All right, number two, it's all about me. (laughs) (laughs) It's always all about me. Maybe in your younger career that was true, Jane. Here's the twist. It's still all about me. The difference is I own everything as being all about me that everything that has happened to me, I've created. So therefore, it is all about me because I need to look at what have I done? Why have I created this? What are my lessons for growth? Self-responsibility. So it 
this is where these things, this is where all the lines blur because one list can produce a narcissist, but at the same time, it can produce a highly conscious person that's actually on growth and going, right, I actually can't listen to outside people because they're not on where I'm at at the moment. I need to listen to me. I need to be following my guidance as I'm learning self-love. So this same list is going to reproduce self-growth. So, um, so yeah, it's all about me. I know more. I'm better. I'm more interesting. When we talk, it's mostly about me. In conversations, I take up most of the airtime. Almost all of my chatter is about what I've done, what I'm thinking about. That was totally me beforehand. Absolutely. So the I, younger me. At this point, I want to let people know something about, about the psychopath and, again, maybe some narcissists. When you first meet them, if they've decided that you're prey, if you're going to be their next victim, they will initially make it seem like it's all about you. And they will mirror you so expertly that you actually think you've found your soulmate. They will become the person that you've always wanted. They'll look for the secret cues or the signs or the little slips in conversation that you make about what you like, and they will be that person. They will love bomb you, basically. So initially, you'll it'll happen so fast and you'll be so head over heels. You'll be so enraptured by this amazing, too good to be true, perfect person who's so attentive, so giving. There'll be flowers, there'll be constant check-ins, there'll be notes, there'll be all of this. Once they have you hooked, once they basically have, have you in love with them, that's when they start to push and pull, play hot and cold and do all these crazy mind games that you keep questioning because the, found, the original foundation stone was so firmly, securely put into place. Do psychopaths... Are they feel are they being fueled by others' turbulent emotions? Yes. That's the difference. That's the game. Narcissists are not interested right. in that. Okay. They're too superior, Psychopaths, they've got no interest in it at all. Psychopaths get bored very easily and they love games and amusement. Oh and well then, I'm a psychopath now because I get bored easy <laughs> no, too. No, no, no. <laughs> but the minute they have like used you up, they will discard you. So they either okay. kill you now, or get rid of you. There is the similar there with narcissists will befriend you if you are of use to them yeah but they won't bother with the they can't be bothered with the nurturing of you and building of a huge fabulous relationship where you're deeply in love with them or whatever because it doesn't actually fuel them like they're superior they're coming from a different they can't agenda. Be bothered yeah, yeah different agenda mm. different agenda they'll only do that if you're of use to them temporarily right um so so far i've got 10 out of 10 on both <laughs> Number three? Number three. The rules don't apply to me. They don't. Yeah, they're above the law. I can have a fair... Oh, actually, no. See, I would say the rules don't apply to me because that's that... You know, we've shared... I've shared before the wayseer.org yeah. Yeah. manifesting the manifesto. And it's the wayseer is the person that actually the rules don't apply. Now, the thing is the rules do apply to it because I'm living in a real world and I want to live happily but I do laugh at certain rules from narrow-minded visionaries whereas I think the difference here is listen to this I can have affairs cut into a line where others are waiting cheat on my taxes and ignore rules that get in the way of my doing what I want rules are for other people to follow now that is that can be typical of narcissism because they have an affair because they're actually really not fussed about if the other person gets hurt. So yeah. thankfully I've scored a zero on that one. Yeah, no, because that's all power play stuff. Yeah, cut into a line where others are waiting. And again, because they're just not aware of other people's feelings, like, you know, people getting upset, it's like, so what? It's their superiority you can push in if you want. complex, yeah. Well, what's stopping you from pushing in? 
step up if you want to, do it. You're just a weakling. Yeah. You're, you're a minority. You're insignificant. Um, your concerns are really criticisms of me, and I hate being criticised. This is number four. If you insist on my listening and taking your concerns seriously, I'm likely to get mad. Criticism hurts. I can criticise others and often do, but if you criticise me, you're hurting my feelings, so I'll hurt you back. So there's a that was me. real defensiveness. That, that is guts of, yeah. of every single narcissist. Number four, that one there is in every single one that I've known. And this really relates back to that inner child and the fact that they are actually wounded, yes, soft people deep Which is down. why I was surprised at the DNA of it being genetically well, I because said psychopaths are not narcissists. Oh, okay, right. Okay. I don't know I don't know about narcissists. I think narcissists are created yeah, not born from yeah, from well, like conditions we described earlier. Yeah. But, um so the defensiveness it's insecurity. It's it's kind of this feeling like I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. I want to keep running the world on my agenda and this way because I, it's almost like they're so desperate to prove that they're right because if they allow one crack, the whole thing's going to crumble because they're That's in exactly so it. much false power and it's all illusion and it's like they're skating on such thin ice and the whole time they're spending all their energy trying to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going and they're so scared that deep down they might be wrong. And They're waiting why, for the tap on the shoulder. That's why they're highly defensive and, yes. and they will shut you down. So it, it seems like they're powerful. They might seem scary or angry or powerful but it's it's the little child throwing a massive tantrum exactly. all the time. And that was me for years. Like I would argue, you know, if you said the sky's blue, I'd say no, it's not. It's purple with orange stripes and I'd win that argument. <laughs> I can laugh about this because I didn't have to deal with it then. No, I know. <laughs> I would have been I, terrified. No, I think that's why I, I think that, you know, what are we up to, episode 100 and whatever, 30 or whatever? Yeah, I think I've got to do 2030 to, to apologise to everybody for my, my behaviour in my younger years. <laughs> oh, what does it go on to? Sign of no, five. Number five. When things go wrong between us, it's always your fault. I can't be expected to apologise to or admit blame. I'm above others and above reproach. You shouldn't have. Don't threaten me with expecting me to say how I've contributed to a problem or I'll get mad at you. And with, back to the psychopaths um, and maybe again the narcissists, they'll always turn it back on you. So if you go to your partner, if you're dating someone like this and you say you try and bring up an issue or something that's troubling you or that you don't feel right about, they'll immediately turn it back onto you. Like, well, you've always had that sort of an issue or it's not my fault your mother's crazy or, you know, well, you've always been bad with your money. Don't don't put that on me. Or like it's And, and you kind of wander away feeling like it's like gaslighting, like when they, they really mind game you so that you kind of are left feeling like, what were we talking about again? I can't remember what the point was I went in on. All I know now is I'm really confused. And if someone tries to ask me about my relationship, all I can say is, oh, I don't know, it's just really complicated, but you can't, you can never quite find... They're so good at messing you around. Yeah, and again, it's it's no accountability, it's no blame, it's all defensive, it's straight back on you. It's They've just got these amazing walls. And this particular um, point five, um, when things go wrong between us, it's always your fault. This is a classic one that comes up in long-term marriages. And so it's almost where the disconnection happens years ago and then you don't work on it until you get to the point where your whole life is being run by that, mm. where you actually now cannot communicate because every, it just instantly gets turned right back on you because the emotions have been shut down again. And can I just say at this point, even if you're not with a narcissist or a full-blown psychopath, and this goes for... And we hope you're not. And we hope you're not. It, it, this goes for either just your personal love life or maybe your boss at work or colleagues at work. If you find that you're spending most of your time not feeling good about yourself in a certain environment... Will you please listen to us when we tell you to get out? 
And stop giving yourself that little voice that goes, oh, yeah, but, 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 dot, 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 but this, but they sometimes that, or it will be okay later when, or no. If Look at the statistics. If percentage-wise, most of the time, you're not feeling good about yourself with a certain person, it's them, not you. It is them, not you. Get out for self-preservation, boundaries, and self-worth. Because a narcissist is going to take years and years and years of therapy to change. Are they healable? Absolutely. On They're going to do it frame? in your time? I don't know about that. And just quickly, the last point. Uh, if I'm angry, it's your fault. You made me mad. You didn't listen. You criticised me. You're trying to control me. Your view is wrong, so you need to apologise to me. So that's the six lists. That's the list of the six or six possible signs that you can use for understanding it or for identifying a narcissist. And I want to say that Gwyneth Paltrow ran on her Goop website not that long ago a couple of very interesting and highly popular articles on this topic. One was about how to recognise narcissism and the other was about what to do if you've been parented by a narcissist, which, you know, accounts for a lot of abused children and a lot of screwed up adults. And that's why I come back to the affirmation that I started at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. because I believe that if you've got any narcissistic tendencies, first off, you've really got to do self-love work, you've really got to get into your inner child and do massive healing there but commit to the growth of your empathy and compassion because as you have empathy and compassion you can then connect with another and not disconnect beautiful if you want to find some further reading there is that the goop articles are written by dr robin berman b-e-r-m-a-n there's lots of stuff online um there's and so much more we could talk it, about on this but it's a we've, huge topic it is a huge but topic. i hope we've given you something to go away and think about I am committed to the growth of my empathy and compassion. So thank you again for joining us. Please keep sending us in your topic ideas through our Facebook page. Which is facebook.com forward slash lovelifeshow. And keep visiting us every Wednesday either on iTunes Australia or lovelifeshow.com for all the archives of everything we've ever covered and all the good juicy stuff still left to come. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.